Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. This week, we get to welcome Carlisle up, and I am super stoked for Carlisle's message. He always, he always brings it, and uh, it's just fantastic. Thank you, Tyler. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you in advance. Thank you in advance. Good morning. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Well, before we start, I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that you've given us in this place, for this breath that you've given us, Father. God, I just ask that I would be pushed aside and you would be glorified today, God, that your word would not fall on deaf ears. God, we just, you're the same God then and you're the same God now. And we trust you and we thank you, God, for what you're going to say to us. In your name, amen. So Tyson spoke last week, and it was, it, his title was Speak It Out. And if you know Tyson, this is definitely Tyson's wheelhouse. I've learned so much through Tyson, through this area. It's something I've struggled with. So I really appreciated it. And if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it, because it was so good. So I saw that I was on the schedule to preach, and uh, it was like probably a couple of months ago, and there wasn't um, a theme of the, what we're speaking on. So I had a message that I had been working on for a while. And then I received the series name, Fighting for Your Family. So that just got pushed aside because it actually totally changed uh, what I was going to speak on. But it brought um, some mixed emotions uh, from this series. Uh, it's, it hits me personally um, to be vulnerable with you today, to share um, what God has done in my life and in my family's life. So the series, Fighting for Our Families, uh, I titled today's message, Fight Back. So just recently, I found out I need surgery on my knees. Nothing serious. I to- have a torn meniscus. Um, and I've been dealing with it for, with a year and a half. I actually didn't really get checked out until like four months ago. Um, I got an MRI right away and just seen the doctor, doctor recently and said, that's what's wrong. So I have to go for surgery. It's not that big, though. It should be, should be a quick one for me to heal from. But uh, the doctor asked me if there was an injury or something that I remember that I had that I remember hurting it. And I said I didn't remember anything. I did not. And I was talking with Matthias in the vehicle, and he said, Dad, I think it was this. When? And I was like, that is right. And so during, uh, it was kind of uh, during COVID, um, when we were allowed back to greet or to meet, and there was youth group going on, and uh, Matthias and I were like, let's go do something. We'll go play some sports. I'll dominate you in all of them. And I said, okay, let's just start with some basketball. So we're just in the back here playing some basketball. So I'm pretty competitive, so we started off shooting. I'm just three-pointer, three-pointer. No, that's not all, not at all. But then one-on-one, so we're going, and I bump the ball out of Matthias's hand, and then the ball goes, and we both look at each other. We know what we're going to have to do. And I'm bigger than him, but I can still move for my age. I can still, I think I can anyway. Um, so we just started going. I'm like, you're not going to defeat me today, son. You're not going to beat me. And... As I was running, uh, the asphalt that's there, uh, it just melted, so there's like this layer of uh, pebbles on there. And I slammed headfirst into the puck board, and I thought I was going to heaven. It was just pure white, but it was the puck board in my face. 
And, I, I, and that's when my knee jammed the ground also. So I had a big bruise on my knee. Matthias looked at me because my glasses were all like, and he's like, you look drunk, Dad. I'm like, have you ever seen me drunk? Because I've never been drunk, so I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, so that's how I definitely think I, I definitely hurt my knee. And, and this is within five minutes of us starting. So I was done the whole night. I couldn't go on. Um, but I beat Matthias to the ball. That's the main thing. Uh, so every so often, uh, my knee was locking up, and it was swelling, and then it, it, it wasn't getting better, then it would get better, and it was getting frustrated because I was trying to work out, but I just couldn't do it. And I, a lot of you know that I have back issues. I have three bulging discs, so that's another play to it. So, And then I started learning how to function not at 100%, and learning how to cope and learning how to walk differently. And a lot of people didn't know that I was dealing with it. Um, I started wearing a brace, and once in a while I would start limping. I'd try not to. Then it just started to affect the rest of my body. It started, you know, my, my ankle, my hip, uh, even just uh, my attitude. And I couldn't do what I usually can do because my knee was not treated yet. So then it was uh, overcompensating, uh, putting stress on the rest of my body, and then it really affected my mood. Uh, God was speaking to me in this, though, and he was saying, like, uh, through this time with my knee, untreated pain and injury over time starts to affect every area. People are not doing, uh, dealing with their injur injuries and turning away from the battles when they're faced against their family. So we need to recognize when something is affecting us in our families and to deal with uh, it right away and take care of it and protect uh, it from further damage. So for people that don't know me, I'm extremely protective. I'm ex extremely protective over my wifey here, my kids, my friends, my family. Um, my last name is Kent. So, it, you know, like Superman, my brother's name is actually Clark Kent. Um, and, but did you ever hear Superman's real name? It's Cal Al. My name's Carlisle, Cal Al, Carlisle. It's getting close there. Um, I don't know what my parents did there, but. Uh, Jared, uh, Jared Homequest calls me Khalil, actually. Um, but Jana is always like, you're like a real-life superhero. You're strong and majestic. There's nothing that you can't do, Carlisle. I mean, Kalal. And I'm, she's just, that's what Jana, if you know her, you know that's how she talks, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So growing up, I always wanted to be a cop um, or in the military or a bodyguard. I love the idea of protecting people. Um, I think about, you know, the bodyguard, the movie, the old one there, uh, but not fall in love with the client unless it was Jana, then I definitely probably would have. Uh, yeah, definitely would have for sure. Uh, when I walk down the street, this is my brain. This is how I've been since a kid. I'm always analyzing if someone is coming to attack me, attack my family, I place my family at a certain place where the, on my body and I'm like, or an accident might happen, what would I do? How would I deal with that situation? So my brain just is, is like that. I'm even just uh, uh, coming to church, it's hard to actually for me to sit in the front row because I don't like my back exposed. But I got Lauren Fallow behind me, I got uh, Jamie and Lauren Tennant behind me, so I know, I don't think they're here today, but they got my back. So, and there's one of our songs, actually, of Jan and ours is Glory of Love. Do you know that one? I'm a man who will fight for your honor. 
it might have been a song that I listened to a lot when we were dating. She was 16, I was 17. I might have practiced karate in my basement to that song, pretending I was, I wouldn't do that, that's weird, I couldn't. No, I didn't do that, I definitely did. But at least, uh, but at least I think about even being in the front, at least I'm close enough to protect Pastor Travis if anything happens to him, I got, I got him. So. Um, sometimes we spe- uh, fight against spiritual battles um, against in our family. And I'm going to read Ephesians 6.12. I'm not sure if Tyson touched on this verse, but Ephesians 6.12. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers, against uh, of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we face these powerful armies uh, and their goal is to defeat our home and the church. And thinking about this message, um, fighting for our families, it brought back some struggles for me as uh, when I was a kid. And uh, a lot of you know my testimony, and I know a lot of you don't, but the ones who don't, I, I struggled with suicide um, at the age of five. I started uh, thinking, uh, having thoughts of, you're not good enough, you're, you're stupid, you're a waste of skin, and no one will miss you when you're gone. Uh, these are legit things that I would have, and, and why was I even made? And I actually believe those lies. And it was very clear at age five, I remember the moment when it first attacked me, those thoughts. I didn't tell anyone, I, I kept it in. It wore me uh, until I, I couldn't go on. I felt like I couldn't go on. I witnessed suicidal attempts uh, when I was a kid, so I thought that's what you do and you deal with pain. That's, that's how you do it. Um, I didn't necessarily want to die, but I wanted the pain to stop. And I've told people this before, I would rather feel physical pain than emotional pain any day. And there was a moment, this is just one of the moments, but this is one of the main moments that God really spoke in my life. It was a transfer, uh, transformation for me in my life. Um, there was a time that I wrote a letter to my parents uh, saying goodbye. I put it on the table and I walked out to the bush. We lived in Grovedale. And I headed out, and the mental battle was like, you're stupid, you're worthless, all that was just flooding, and I couldn't think properly. And I kneeled down, I was emotional, crying, and, and there was a moment when I was actually gonna take my life, and the fog cleared, and I heard a voice, it wasn't audible, but it was clear, like right to my heart. And God said, I love you, and I'm with you. And I didn't feel alone at that moment. And soon as I picked myself up and started walking away, the enemy said, you coward. You couldn't even go through of it, with it. You're not, what are you even good at? So it was a, it was a battle that I dealt with until uh, into my early 20s. Um, I didn't tell anyone. I, I didn't tell anyone until I was in my teens. Started attending youth uh, with Pastor Travis and Randy and Brenda. Just started hanging out there. That, that was definitely a blessing uh, for me. Uh, to be able to, because I didn't, my parents were going through lots with my other brothers, and I didn't want to be a burden. That's what I, I felt. And my parents actually didn't know about my testimony until the first time I actually spoke at Generations Church. Um, that was, I don't know if it was like four years ago. That was the first time, the week prior, I'm like, I got to tell them. And they just didn't know about it. And it wasn't their fault. It's just I was that kind of guy. So, and I'm not shy about talking about this. I will talk with anybody about this. But the enemy doesn't want you to talk about it, right? He, he wants you to hide it. 
And he wants you to take you out in a field all alone where there's no protection. And I thought it was done, but the battle showed up again. But this time it wasn't through me, it was through my son, Matthias. This is, it definitely hits me because it's my boy. And Matthias is 11 now. If you guys know him, he's just a smiley kid, great kid. So I asked uh, Matthias' permission to speak about this today. <clears throat> At five, year old, uh, five years old, Matthias started having these thoughts. And I actually recorded them. I wrote them down. I, ha I keep track of all these kind of things. And I'm just going to name a few of them, but I just want to name the crucial ones uh, that I just feel are appropriate. He would start having thoughts of pulling the screen out of the window and jumping out at five. Jumping in front of vehicles because he didn't want to live anymore. Uh, stabbing himself in the heart, which this is something that I dealt with at five, and I remember those very clearly. He's a dumb person, and he shouldn't have been born. Why did God make me? I'm the stupidest person in the world. I'm not special, and I'm not talented. To hear your five-year-old say that, it's hard. There was never talk like that in our house. I never, we would never talk about that, like that in our house. I had those exact same thoughts that took me uh, until I was 20. Like, I, I'm, I'm 42 now. I don't have those thoughts. Uh, things might try to creep in, but I've, I've, I have victory in this area. And when this happened, I, I thought of this verse, uh, Joshua 24, 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then you choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will you be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now live? But as for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. So I was saying to the devil, not, not today. You're not taking my family out. But for as for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. This actually made me so angry. It makes me angry just thinking about it because it tried to take me out and it tried to take my boy out. I said, this is not going to happen in my family no more because this runs on my one side of the family and there, there has been deaths. And looking back at my notes when I was, I didn't realize this until I was writing this message, looking back at the notes, that this was the time that I started getting up at five in the morning. And a lot of you know I get up at five in the morning. It's been five year, over five years now. And I, I pray. It's our, and Jana's with me. Now I think it's almost two years. But that's when I started to fight for my family. And it was a battle. And it was a fight for sure. This changed my family's direction. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. I've shared my testimony with my kids at a certain age. Um, when I talked to Matthias about this, um, I, I kind of was like, hey, do you remember these thoughts? And he actually has no memory of those thoughts. And it was a huge battle that Jen and I dealt with. Um, we shared it with Pastor Trav and Amy, and it was something that we, it wasn't an easy battle. And I always take the opportunity to tell my, ask my kids, are you talking to God? And how is your thoughts? It's a big one for me. How's your thoughts? And if you know Matthias, this kid, his thoughts are not even like that anymore. So it's, it's, it's huge to use these car rides. I always use car rides, but to ask, and because there, there's so many opportunities that we can talk with our kids in that time. 
So we come against spiritual battles, and sometimes we come against people and situations and, and fleshly battles. And some of you, you can't have any control, but it's to pray. And I have another uh, story that hits home also for me, which was a, within two and a half years. Uh, now I guess it would be roughly. I'm not going to go into uh, too much detail. Um, I had a family member that had something traumatic happen to them. And this brought shock and anger to our whole family. The next day I got a phone call uh, by a family member and they said it was actually worse than, than thought. And um, this person was just bawling on the phone. and it, it was so hard to hear that. And then they said, I know where this person is, and they're there now, and their vehicle's there now. I immediately started to drive towards the person's house. I was at work, and I could actually hear God telling me, turn around. So if you know me, I'm a guy, I have many barricades. There's, I can, I, I can, there's a process that I go through that I won't make stupid or um, react quickly. But this one, I had no barricade. And that's very surprising for me. And the consequences were coming through my, I could, I could think of them, but they were just going out the door. I wasn't even paying attention. And God kept on telling me, stop. And then I showed up to the guy's house, and this vehicle was there. And God kept on saying, turn around right now. And, I, uh, and God said, I... And God said, right away, you need to pray for this guy. And I said, I cannot pray for him. And we, our family is based on prayer. Like, we, we talk about it all the time we can. And I heard God so clear, this is not your fight. This is my fight. And your job is to pray for him and pray for your family now. I said to God, he has to pay. And he said, it's not your fight. You need to pray. So I drove around the street, and I stopped right beside the house again, and then I just started to pray, and it was not easy. I struggled. But I started to pray, and something broke in me. Realizing that I was taking it on, thinking I failed to protect this person, but in reality, I couldn't, I couldn't have known, and I couldn't have been there. And realizing I wasn't fully trusting God in his protection, and I actually began to repent. And I drove back, and I called Jana, and I, I confessed to my wife. Um, even if I was in that situation before with something, I would always call Jana before I'd even enter something like that. But I called her after, and I said, I almost did something stupid. And after I was on the, off on the phone with her, a mentor that I have in my life, he's, it's about 20 years, I used to work for him. He called me, he's like, I don't know, I just feel like something's going on. God told me to call you. And so I, I explained to him, that's why we need community and be in relationship. The church, the way we need to fight is to battle on our knees in prayer. I just seen uh, on Instagram, actually, I was looking over my message, and Craig Rochelle, if you, if you follow him, he said, kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Prayer reminds us where our Prayer reminds us we are not in control and keeps us close to the one who is. So if you're wanting healing, 
like of hurts or anxieties, whatever that might be. If your family, uh, if you want your family to change, you need to fight back. God's calling us to be obedient. Obedience is not about the outcome, but obedience is about the honor. I don't have to understand why God, but I honor who you are, God, in my life. And I'm going to obey and be obedient what you, what you have. So we have to remember. I'm going to read Isaiah 55, uh, verse 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth's, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We sometimes feel that God owes us an explanation, but we just need to trust and remember that his ways are higher than ours. That's exactly what I needed to do. A lot of us are walking around with injuries and wounds. Jesus, uh, just because it's the norm to you doesn't mean it's normal. Doesn't mean you have to carry it around. You need to cut it off. We have a responsibility to the next generation. We need to sacrifice our time, our sleep, and even some people that drag us down in our life. So why are we waiting? Why are we idle? Why are we watching it take our families out? Why are we not fighting back? Is it fear? Fear has no place. You hear Tyson this morning. My God is a God that heals, sets free. So stop watching and start fighting. The family, and I think about the family and the church family, a family is like a garden. You have to grow it. You have to develop it. Develop it. You have to cultivate it. A garden doesn't grow on its own. You have to weed it. You have to water it. And you have to care for it. A healthy family encourages growth. Family helps each other develop, support each other, as a church, that's what we need to do, is support each other. And we're going to read Luke 2, uh, in verse uh, 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. And we'll just leave it up for just a second. So Jesus grew in wisdom, mental growth, stature, physical health, favor with God, which is spiritual growth, and favor with man, which is social growth. All members of our family must be growing in all these four areas, not just our kids. We always think it's just our kids, but it's us. So how are you going to be different from a year from today? Have you thought about that? How are you going to be different? Do you know more today than a year ago? Are you closer to God than a year ago? Are you more loving than you were a year ago? Are you growing? When I think of, of this, I actually, you know, the movie, The Gladiator, when Maximus is, is rallying the troops, and he says, what, do you, what you do in life echoes for eternity. So what we do now matters. For the generations to come, we have a responsibility to the generations. Um, I've been reading through Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is a man of character, persistence, a man of prayer, an intercessor, and Nehemiah's life is an example of leadership and organization. And giving, us, uh, giving up a comfortable and wealthy position in Persia, he returned to his fractured homeland, his ancestors, and rallied his people to rebuild Jerusalem walls when they were being attacked. In the face of opposition, he used wise defense measures in case for his, or defenses measures for 
care for his people and to keep the project moving. To accomplish more for the sake of God's kingdom, we must pray, pers persevere, and to sacrifice, as did uh, Nehemiah. And I'm going to read Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest part of the walls in the exposed areas. So he seen something that was exposed, so he placed guards there, protecting it. I stationed the two people, stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows, protecting the families what are important. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and to the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of your enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your homes. We need to take a stand and we need to fight for what matters. We jump to verse 20. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to whatever it is sounding, or rush to whenever wherever it is sounding, then God will fight for us. So what he's saying is he will fight for, when we fight for our families, he will go with us. God will fight with us. There is an attack on the church and the home, and it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for your marriage. It's worth fighting for your kids. It's worth fighting for your values and taking a stand for them in today's, with all the things that are going on. Nehemiah encountered opposition in rebuilding the walls. And he said to his enemies, you will have no portion here. We are rebuilding the walls of our cities because we are going to rebuild our families and our homes. The city doesn't belong to you. Our homes don't belong to you. The God of heaven, he will help us and prosper us. So if we're committed to God, if we're committed to our marriages, if we're con uh, committed to our children and our family, he will go before us. Because if we're not committed in these areas, the enemy will move in, divide, and conquer. Nehemiah saw a problem, and he took action. And that's what we men need to do. We need to take action. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls. So no matter what the enemy has done in your family, done in your home, he can rebuild the walls. Isaiah 54, 17. But in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up and ac accuse you. The benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So it's going to cost you something to keep your family together. And it's going to cost you something if you don't. Day after day, we are uh, fighting. I pray over my kids every day and over our family that we put on the full armor of God. Your kids might be going down the wrong path. Your job is to cover your family, your church, your family, your church family, to keep close watch over your children. I just think, what if, what if Jan and I didn't uh, take action and, and protect our son? Where would he be today? You don't have to be a perfect family. And if you, if you are one or if you know of one, let me know because I haven't met them yet. I'd rather my family serving God than anything in the world can give them. The walls can be rebuilt. So I want to just encourage you today, what you do matters. What you invest into now matters. 
Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Savior, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. God's protection of his people is limitless, and it can take many forms. David characterized this God's, like, uh, God's uh, character like this, a rock that cannot be moved by anyone who harms us, a fortress or a place of safety where the enemy can't follow you, a shield that can come between us and harm, power that says a symbol of might that can serve us, a place of safety high above our enemies. If you need protection, look to God. Keep your eyes fixed on him. As Tyson said, keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm just going to invite the band up. And I'm just going to read Nehemiah 4.14 again. You don't have to put it up. Don't be afraid of your enemies. We need to fight for our families, fight for our marriages, fight for our wives, fight for our husbands, and fight for our sons and daughters. There's a battle on and we need to fight. People start digging wells when they're, they're dying of thirst. Who wants to live like that? Time is short. We have full access to the well at any moment. My God is a God that will fight for me, battle for me. It was neat. I didn't uh, realize that this, the, song, the very first song that we sang today was uh, Same God, and I actually wrote this in my notes because I love how it says this. And I'm going to read uh, some of it just for you. You're the same God of Moses, Jacob, Mary, and David. It's your faithfulness I'm standing on. Never changes. You heard your children then, you hear your children now. You answered prayers back then, you will answer them now. You were providing then, you are providing now. You moved in power then, God move in power now. You are the healer then, you are the healer now. You were the savior then, you were a savior now. You are the same God. He's the same God that healed me. He is the same God that healed my son Matthias. And yes, he is the same God that can heal you, whatever that might be. We need to take a stand and fight for our families. What's God saying to you through this message? Are you sick and tired of staying idle and not moving? Are you ready to move into what God has for you instead of what the world has for you? Remember what you do now affects the future of your family and the future of the church. The enemy is trying to take you out and take your family out. If you're struggling with your marriage, anxiety, depression, work, school, whatever that might be, if you're struggling with suicide and you want to give up, God can bring you out of it. I'm a living testimony of that. The same words that God said to me in my lowest of my lows when I was in the bush, I love you and I'm with you. That's what he's saying to you. I love you and I'm with you. And I hope you believe that and I hope you hear that. Because he's the same God then and now. Is God putting your finger on something? We don't have to watch it happen. We don't have to allow it to happen. We need to fight back. So we'll just take a moment and just ask God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this? Is there something that the enemy you know of is trying to take out your family and you're watching it?
it's time to let it go because it's not worth holding on to anymore. Because it's going to take you out. It's going to tire you out. And you're not going to make wise decisions. So let's just close our eyes. Let's take a moment. Holy Spirit, what do you have for us, God? Speak to us. Speak to me, Father. You don't have to do it alone. If you think that that's true, it's a lie. I'm going to tell it's a lie because that's what I used to believe. You don't have to do it alone. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.